CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Combat Podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. Oh, heck yeah, right? Let's do this thing. It's a boxing show. Looking back, looking ahead, touching the tips in between. Although, just for a second, just to see how it feels. All right, this is the Brian Campbell, your guy, back with the box, back with the books. We got a fun show for you today. Gary Russell returns this weekend, of course, on Showtime. I want to talk about Rigandow, my boy, moving down in weight, chasing history, as he says, in his late 30s. We'll also look back at all things Paul Brothers from the DAZN Super Bowl excursion over the weekend. Updates on Fury Wilder 2 just a few weeks out. All the Australian box you can handle with Horn Zoo on the horizon. Yes, we have a date. Can't wait to break all that down. Reminder, do you like this show? Do you do you do you spend time in this weird and wild community we've built here inside the state of combat? Shout out to the Gypsy crew, shout out to the Irish crew, shout out to the Godinez crew, shout out to the Guy Ritchie crew. Stay down. You got no business getting up. Then spread it ahead with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you download fine. Audio, please tell them BC sent you. All right, hey, let's do this show. All right, Texas forever. Street. Yeah, Texas Street forever. Texas forever. I want to bring in uh, Detroit's finest. He is my co-host. He's from that island of Manhattan. He's a New York Times best-selling author. He is a stretch four. It's Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Let me lick, Let me lick you down. down. Played small forward, not a stretch for it all. Ew. Don't know basketball. Rafe Bugs, that man wrote a book about basketball, so don't tell me what that man knows. Current Spotify employee, Bill Simmons. Talking right? to this man like you're talking to this man. I wrote two books about basketball. Um, I have a book yeah. about a uh, a Filipino guy. I have a book about uh, one uh, Irish bar and uh, one Kriegel dad. I have Um, a book about uh, the chin right on it. Yes. Shout out to Alex McClintock, Australia's second finest individual. Yes, right after Dean Lonegran, right? No, 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 no. no. Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn still got it. No, 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 no. You should just harden up. Like, seriously, bang it full of cortisone and get on with it. Yeah, yeah, McClintock. Bang it full of cortisone and get on with it, bro. Guy Ritchie not coming back. Okay. That's what he said? I have 
for all this time, I thought it was some kind of weird idiom about bang it full of quarters and then yeah. get like, like, <laughs> like you got to like shake it off or something. Like grab a roll of quarters and just like hit your wound with it until you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, numb it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't tinkle with that, Finkel. Uh, Rafe, uh, this is our show. We, we just, we just. We ramble on uh, Zeppelin style. We we just we don't barely talk about box. I want to talk basketball with you. All right. What what do you what's on your mind? It's really what's on my hand. Can you see the size of my middle finger? Oh, did you uh, did you jam it there? I jammed oh, I it. Flipping the, you're flipping the bird. You're giving I me the Michael Collin. My middle finger is is probably the size of of uh, of your Johnson at the moment, Rafe. Hey, okay? hey, hey, hey! Come on, come all on! Right, Give me some right. credit here. I mean, come on! I know, I know, we can all dream about different things, but in the end of the day, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I want an eleven-inch penis. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen, Rafe. My middle finger is bent, large, black, blue, purple, pink. I jammed it. I had the worst night of basketball ever. You want to hear my stat line? Let me know. Lay it on me. 0 for 3. We lost the three-game series. I missed at least five open layups. I nearly got into a fight. I pissed off everybody, including my own teammates. Jammed my finger like, like brutal jam. Like it looks like it's broken twice on the same finger. And then had to sleep on the couch because my wife is angry at me for being 41 fat. And that's my only form of exercise. And I almost well, threw up when I came home and tried to have a glass of wine. So it's, it was really just, uh, here's the deal. I want to keep playing ball. There's this old guy that we play with. He's like 60. I always say, what's the secret? He says, never take a year off. That's the secret, yep. right? Uh, I, I, I'm ineffective. I'm fat. I'm slow. And now I'm injury prone, Rafe. Well... He is right, though. If you keep playing, if you stay on the court, it will it won't be that bad. Now, you also probably then I've never played basketball with you, but you probably also need to start thinking about ways to extend your career, so to speak, uh, without, you know, perhaps changing your game. Just be one of these guys who can who can hit an outside shot and moves the ball and that's and, my problem. And don't do what you used to do. When you have a game as I do predicated upon energy, athleticism, no, no, no. No. Uh, that does not work when you're washed, man. Garbage you man have to be style. in shape to have energy. I mean, you know, the more elite look, when I'm playing against average competition, I'm like a poor man's Kevin McHale. You know, I, I do things in the post. I, I got some fakes. I got some tricks that other men don't do. Exactly. But when I'm playing against more elite competition, look, I'm I'm a I'm an all star garbage man. I'm a, I'm a prime Rodman. I don't, you know, maybe I don't have the defensive quickness, but. I'll set those screens. I'll do the damn dirty work. And uh, I never added that that 93 Jordan fallaway jumper to offset the age curve. You know what I'm saying? I would say, Brian, in most um, men's league basketball of your age, uh, you don't really need a fallaway. You just if you can stand there and hit an open set shot, people usually won't guard you. You'll be fine. My problem is, look, you know, like, so I play in this thing. It's it's an invite-only league. You pay, like, a hundred and something bucks for the whole year. It's once a week. They send out an email. The first 12 guys who are members respond, get to play. So it's five on five with a sub, three-game series up to 15 at some private school in cushy Connecticut suburbs at, like, this, like, gorgeous court. And uh, it's, it's, like, the perfect range of, like, couple guys in their 20s and 30s who have legs 
couple wash guys like me in their 40s who can have a good night every once in a while, but largely are placeholders. And then like some really good specialist old guys. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's like there's like old Mike who never missed a three-pointer in his life. There's like that old 6'4 dude who will elbow you in the face when you go for a rebound. You know, everybody's got a role. I'm at the point, Rafe, where unless I'm playing the unless I matched up with a bottom tier guy meaning like the extra guy, oh, that guy who just needed to, to fill out the game, that guy, I'll light the, up, dude. The group's power bottom, so uh, to speak. Dude, I could turn into like uh, Kenyon Martin prime Drew Gooden against that guy. I'm suddenly, you know, I'm, I'm quick, I'm dropping buckets, but you match me up against anyone equal to me, and, and it's getting bad. It's getting bad, Rafe. It's getting bad, bro. Well, that's, you know, look, you play not to be good because in the grand scheme of things, none of us are actually good. You, got, you just got to play to play and enjoy the game. Why Why did you get into a fight? Who did you get into a fight so with? So I got this problem, okay? In regular life, you know me, bro. I'm a regular person. I'm a wash. Very personable. I'm, I'm happy. I'm nice. I'm a wash dad and husband. I like to laugh a lot. I like weird sound drops. I mean, look, we all have our issues, obviously. Let's face it. We all have problems, right? But, but you know, I, but I, I'm a, I, I don't fist fight. I don't do anything, but that is my outlet. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep lugging my bones out to that court for two hours once a week, Rafe? Because I got to have an outlet to like be an absolute warrior. So you remember when Billy Ho was like, I'm in an effing zone, right? Did you just call Billy Hoyle Billy Ho? Yeah, yeah, that's what they called him when he came out. They're like, you can bring Bernard to, you can bring in Bernard King in here, but we get in two and we out, right, Billy Ho? I'll take you to the hole, right. Billy Ho, right? Billy Hoyle. Yes. So Billy Ho, uh, he needed drama on the court to like bring out the best. And Rafe, you know this psychological experiment we do on the court. You find out right away who plays better when they're mad and who doesn't. And the people that don't play better when they're mad. I usually spend the whole game trying to set picks on them, trying to piss them off, right? Trying to get them out of their game. Problem is, I need a battle to bring out the best in me, and I don't have an off switch on the court. I'm not saying I'm a superstar. I'm saying I will fight to the death on the court. I will, you know what I'm saying? So I tried to make one of those cross-court Magic Johnson passes through like four people, and it was ill-advised, and then somebody kicked it. So I call kick, right? That seems normal. But suddenly all these, like, you know, high school referees were playing with, like, no, bro, that guy didn't move his leg on purpose. His leg was stationary. That ain't a kick. Well, that's also a good point. Uh, yeah, but this, as they said in White Man Can't Jump, this ain't Watts, bro. I mean, like, the, like this, you know, we're playing pickup ball here, right? Um, I don't even know if pickup, there is a real ethic around whether to call kickballs or not in pickup. I mean, anyway, no, most, you know most of my life, throughout my life, in all pickup games, different countries, different states, different age age and skill levels, a kick is usually respect. Like, oh, that's a kick. That's, that's a kick. what I, So my point on saying that is, this ain't street ball, this ain't the NBA. It's a middle ground. This so ain't Birdo. In a middle ground. This ain't Klitschko, right? This ain't, uh, you know, a lot of people. This ain't Jorge Coda. This ain't Jorge Coda. Indeed. Uh, so... You know that guy you play with who does the bitch bailout call? He didn't get hacked. He missed the layup, but he's got a safe face, so he calls a foul. Everybody knows it's a bullshit foul, but the rules are respect the call. Right, Rafe? Generally speaking. Usually everybody gets one of those per game, right? You know, where it's just sort of like I effed up. I'm calling that respect the call. 
I effed up. It was an ill-advised pass. I didn't think we we're going to pull out the uh, official rule book here. The dude kicked it. We get the ball back. But no, Rafe, my teammates started turning against me, saying, bro, like, back off. It's it's not a kick ball. It's their ball. No, no, it's not. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So I turned into into the demon. I turned into Jorge Cojuda. In the rest of the game, I'm trying to throw it off people's foot to show them that it's a kick ball. I am just, you know. Well, how come How come nobody, Brian, how come nobody sent you, sent that exercise, that demon a la Jermel Charlo and Jorge Cota. Somebody should have sent you to hell, taking your whole soul, Brian. So what I did is I I suddenly was in a zone. I'm like, oh, you're trying to take this call away from me? You're trying to do that to me? You're trying to cancel my respect for my own call? I may, I took it personal. Brian Campbell is canceled. But I, I was in an effing zone, and they didn't realize that. So I, I became the on-court referee, you know? I mean, I was just like, yep. That's your fourth personal. That, that's, a, that's a hold right there. Anyway, long story short, you would hate me on the basketball court. They hated me last night. I paid the price 0 for 3. I sucked, and now I got a broken middle finger, and my wife hates me. So that's the story of my basketball life, right? You going to write a book about that? I don't know if I have um, – honestly, I don't know if I have the chops to to capture the amount of pathos involved in your in your inner – in your inner monologue during a basketball game. There's a lot going on there. I mean, it's like Tyson Fury level weirdness. Yeah. What might need to happen is I think I'm going to take some time off, get into sneaky good shape and not tell anybody. And then when I come back on the court, bro, all right, you ready? You know what they're going to say? Hmm. You want to call kickball MF -er? look at me now. You know what I'm saying, bro? Well, that, that is one way to do it. I just say stay on the court, stay out of fights, enjoy yourself, play hard, don't be a dick. I almost got into a hard. fist When I played in the ESPN Rec League, I almost got into a fist fight with the timekeeper. Probably not the best way to behave out there in well, Bristol. Do you know when they have a rule, like if you're down 30 with, with under five minutes to go in the fourth, you lose, right? It's a mercy That's rule. A, seems fine. Right? It's a mercy rule, right? So like, Who cares, yeah. So I'm always of the belief that until that happens, it's still a game, bro. I don't care if we're down 29. It's still a game, right? Okay. So the, the timekeeper guy would just start letting the clock run and just be like, you know, and then there would be like uh, 34 seconds to go in the game. He'd be like, all right, we'll just run off the clock. The game's over. I'd be like, no, no, it ain't over. It ain't over. We got we got thirty four more seconds. This is my time. Up up here on fight the court. Fight ain't over. No, no. Uh, fight fight ain't, ain't over. over. Uh, down down there. That's your time. Up here. This is my time. You're getting paid to make sure those thirty four seconds go out. And, and he goes, well, you know, you guys should probably play harder next time and make sure you don't lose by twenty nine. I go, I don't care. Do we lose by thirty? No, we lost by twenty nine. I get those 34 seconds. This is a character-building opportunity. Rafe, I had those rants, and people looked at me like I'm crazy. I think you might be crazy. Um, I do like the image of uh, Brian Cappuccino telling the timekeeper, nah, fight ain't over, fight ain't over. You know what I told the guy finally? I got in his face, and I was like, you can take this game away from me, but you can't take my passion. You can't touch my passion. All right. You never said that. Stop I did. Lying. I did say that. It did. I, I know what you're thinking, Rafe, but it it, it actually, it, it did. I happen. would laugh at you. I would laugh no. at you. I hope he laughed in your face. Bro, it did exist, okay? We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, seriously. You, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know it did exist. No, I don't know.
All right, take that. And take that for all you angry people who are like, I thought this was a boxing podcast. You know, no, it's an old man basketball podcast, okay? I thought this was your attempt to just drive away every single last listener who had voiced frustration over the long, long intros and meaningless discussions before we talk about boxing. All right, we'll be back in a moment with more box talk right after a pause for the cause in a word. From our friends and sponsors. Yeah, dig it. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back. BC, Rafe Boogs, the State of Combat, Box Pod. It's ready to look back at the weekend that was, Rafe. That'll conclude the basketball portion of our show. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what other th- people think of me. Because it was a great singer, Michael Seals, who once said, I'm never going to survive unless... I get a little crazy, Rafe. Okay, okay. True, Brian. Okay. You know what? I, I speaking for our listeners. Let me channel them real quick. I think they're saying right now, BC. I don't care about your life. I don't care about your family. I don't care. You think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way that behaved that way that I care what he thinks of me? No, I don't. All right, Rafe, but did you care about Super Bowl 54? You got any hot takes about the uh, halftime show and, uh, and and hot aging Cuban women, uh, or sorry, Puerto Rican and uh, Colombian, Colombian women? Or Yes, yes uh, somebody got the country right. Thank you. Um, apparently you're racist if you didn't enjoy uh, stripper poles and, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, right? Whatever. That's not true, is it? Look, I don't. I, I thought they both looked fantastic. The, the show, who gives a crap? It wasn't. <laughs> Very interesting, but who cares? I, I I watched. I was there. I was with. I was in a room with other people who were enjoying it. So good, good for them. All right, all right. Take that, take that. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four weekend brought us a DAZN card in Miami, headlined by Demetrius Andrade defending his WBO title with a knockout against the very hapless Luke Keeler. That ain't the story, though. The story is about them. Who the hell are they? I'm not on YouTube. It was Jake Paul with a first-round knockout of Ann Easton. I know you're going to jump in and be like, no, bro. It wasn't Danny's night. It was Uzbekistan. What a night for Uzbekistan boxing. You can have... And what a night for Uzbek boxing. You can have your moment in a moment, Rafe. Uh, I said a couple weeks ago, I'm done. I'm done with these YouTubers. I'm done caring. I wonder now, like, here's the deal. I'm done caring about any Paul brother against any other YouTuber I never heard of. But could I care about Jake Paul off a first-round knockout now getting in KSI's face? Could I care about some carnival endgame where both Paul brothers fight each other and it's a double knockout? Could I care about Jake Paul against Antonio Brown and they had a DAZN-fueled face-off at some point last weekend? You mean Logan Paul? And I don't know. Uh, Chris Paul, Ron Paul, one of the Pauls, all right? Uh, maybe, maybe. But the thing is, I don't want to care, and I don't want to care 
in between fights that actually kind of matter. Let us have our hardcore niche boxing that nobody else watches. Don't try to bring in all these weird people to our party. Rafe, you know what I'm talking about. You used to party. You remember when bringing in a certain party favor, if you will, meant bringing in a certain crowd that didn't fit with your crowd? Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking about former uh, ESPN executives. I'm just talking about. Do you, I'm not talking about fish or scales. But you get what I'm saying, right? I do understand what you mean. Thankfully, I never really was the guy who was in charge of bringing in like dealers to somebody else's house. Um, I don't. I. I'm much more milk toast than that. But still, well, we were bringing in these nerds, and um. Again, I'll utter it again. The zone, you can do that, but have an all nerd card then, okay? Let the carnival be underneath Wait, which the Which is the time. nerd card and which is the non-nerd That's card? A very, no, actually, it's your nerd. All right, I can stick my head up Eddie Hearn's ass to get a closer look, but, you know, I'd rather... I'll say, I'd rather take your word for it. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Uh, so, you know, it just didn't work again. I see Logan Paul now having pictures with Scott Coker of Bellator. He wants to go the MMA route. Again, I'll care about it one time. But in the Bellator big top, you can pull that off, right? In the boxing big top, we have our own shenanigans to deal with. I don't think we need these people. I don't want to care anymore. Your thoughts on Jake Paul's first round KO. Hey, you don't have to care. I don't care. At least, look, I appreciated that it was over in one round. Thank you, referee, for stepping in. That was bad and ridiculous. The best part probably was the ring walk, right, with crazy Gib screaming this is my time this is my time like it, that that was funny um to i'm me, not going out of my way poppycock <laughs> it was also absolute poppycock um i'm not going out of my way to watch this stuff i don't care if they do it or not i do expect the zone to keep milking this gimmick until it stops giving them exposure and and we saw a little bit of evidence of diminishing returns with the fight on Thursday between Jake Paul and Mr. Gibb. Um, but it wasn't, I think, I don't think it was enough to make them stop. They're going to keep doing this and because it, it, it gets them exposure. And, and I do think it actually does help the boxing side of the zone a little bit, because if you looked at the, the zones, 2019, list of their most watched events worldwide, which was kind of confusing because they're only, they're active in a number of different markets that all have different rights to different things. So it's difficult to really, like it would have been nicer if they had released just the US rankings. That would tell us something more meaningful for our purposes and how well boxing is gaining traction there, but they didn't, so whatever. Um, But uh, after that November 9th, the zone card, a lot of things happened for the zone. Their, their YouTube account gained almost 200,000 subscribers there. Uh, they, I guess drove some subscriptions at least during that month for, uh, Logan Paul and, and KSI too. And from there, because they had more subscri- subscribers already locked in for whether it was a month or a year, that still covered the AJ Ruiz two fight, which ended up being their biggest fight, biggest event of the year. And I think that some of that subscriber base and some of the interest was built, whether we like it or not, by these YouTube guys. So I, I don't, if they want to do it, and it, as long as it keeps helping their business, they do enough for boxing that I can live with it. I don't like these fights. I don't like these people particularly, but 
it is what it is, and I, it, it's not the worst thing in the world. I do take strong exception to the idea of roping Antonio Brown into this. This is a man whose life seems to be spiraling out of control, whose own agent, who is not exactly like a like a humanitarian angel himself, right? Drew Rosenhaus said, I can't Yikes. work with this guy anymore because I, I just I, I like a crisis of conscience. Yeah. So if 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 these people can't touch this man, why should boxing oh. and the zone run after? It's like ambulance chasing. Yeah, it's disgusting. Don't uh, do that. Don't give me the Spider-Man meme come to life, Rafe, because we got a lot of those people in boxing. I mean, boxing is the Oakland Raiders of sports, right? right? This is but where they those... start in bo- they they're fighters. Like look, fighters almost exclusively come from difficult circumstances and I'm, and, and have dealt with trauma and 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 then go on sometimes and whether However, you want to assign blame for the, the the behavior that they end up doing. A lot of them do bad stuff. They're ex cons in boxing, and 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 sometimes that's a great story, and sometimes it's a, it's not a great story. Um, but when but I went, this guy isn't a boxer at all. Boxing doesn't have to chase these guys. We already have abs with problems in this sport. Thank you very much. When I turned on though that broadcast and watch the replay because Rafe, I'm fresh off by the way, nice little five day sojourn at the, at the world's happy at the happiest place on earth, Rafe Disney world for my son's birthday. So deal with that. When I watched this on tape delay, this was my initial thought. Look at all of this crap in this ring. All right. All right. That's Correct. What, Give me what my did you own start crap. by watching? What did you start by watching? Did you start by watching the YouTube fight? Yes, or the, I did, Ray. Andrade fight? I piecemealed and started with the YouTube because I heard it was short. I wanted to get mistake. it. I wanted to get it out of the way. But uh look, I want big weird cuts in a Tevin Farmer Jojo Diaz fight. That's my ish. Give me my ish. Keep the other stuff away. All right? Thank you. Uh, that that that's I think from a taste point of view, I agree with you 100%. But, taste taste you know. and see. Hey, by the way, uh, unrelated, our guy Kurt Emhoff, you know him? The best. The best. Really, Boxing Esquire. I really like his podcast. I like his sultrally, so, such a soulful radio voice. I mean, he, I, I like it, all right? Very good. Why you why do you bring him up? Because I listened to him on the way in today. Okay, I'm. I'm oh, I'm, did he have the new episode with uh, with Dougie Fisher from he the did, ring with Dougie Fresh? Yes. And How I, come I'm that not, did not that hasn't shown up on my feed yet? What and I am a on? respecter of Dougie Fisher of the ring. So it was it was a nice little little piece of business they did there. And uh, in the in the Dougie rankings, do you like Dougie Doug, Dougie Fresh, or Dougie Fisher? I'm going Fisher all the way. Wow! Wow! Over Dougie Fresh. Yes. Like. Doing the beatbox for 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 um what ma'am? Are you gonna throw in that weird cartoon? Slick Rick doing the beatbox for Slick Rick? Well, I do love me some Prime Slick Rick, but uh, do you? Well, who was doing the beatbox for Okay, Lottie it was Dougie Fresh. All this? right, but you know who's last on the list? That weird cartoon Doug on Nickelodeon. Oh, he's not a Doug E. He's just Doug. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, Patty. But you gotta, you got, you gotta give me this, Patty Lemonade. Hmm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I had the tape mm. Slick Rick, the ruler's back. I got that at the same eighth grade birthday that produced the brand Nubian tape, by the way. Also got well Beastie done. Boys Check Your Head that birthday, all right? Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, wow. That would he meatloaf? Okay. So the point of uh, me bringing up Kurt Emhoff is unrelated, but shout out to him. Shout out to Evan Rutkowski. Great, great place to learn about the business of a Canelo fight. Really, seriously, okay? 
Absolutely. Shout out to the whole Leave It in the Ring crew, yeah. including the David Duenas and his and his podcast, the two hour call in show. I listen to that. I'm in on that one. Wow, wow. That, Johnny what? Sig, he always shouts oh, us Johnny out. We gotta Sig. show him love. Yeah. He's on that network too. Hey, w- listen to Johnny Sig's music. It's a passion play. He's tweeting about it a lot. I like Johnny Sig, man. That guy, that guy gets down with us, all right? We have people who like our weirdness. Thank you. Keep liking us. Thanks. Okay, back to the Daz Days In stuff, Rafe. Uh, seriously, would you pop for uh Jake Paul KSI too? Would you would you would you do the thing no. again? No, good. Thank I you. I would not pop again. No, I mean it's 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 the novelty is over. You see, there's not. I already wrote whatever weird think piece I could come up with out of that. Going back to it, there's not a new thought to go into it. But there is still some value for Dzone to get out of it. So if they want to do that, I can't really fault them for it and it ain't the worst thing it'll never be the worst thing happening in boxing at any given time would you rather live through a logan paul training camp as a as a roadie as a catch-on as a hype guy or member of the maverick crew or drive with the ibf welterweight champion at 3 a.m who's the ibf welterweight champion oh shoot Oh yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Logan Paul all the way. Because if it's 3 a.m., you must be lonely. All right. Also, this uh, look, did, did Android look? I mean, look, Android got the job done. Uh, you heard my rant last week. Hey, Dizone, get your house in order. Can we get Canelo, Android already? More news on Canelo in a second, by the way. Um, I feel like Android's going to be like, he's Rigo. Like, he's going to be like 38 when he finally gets into a fight that matters. No, no, no. And it's going to come at like heavyweight, Rafe, okay? You the- know what I want? You know what I want Canelo to do? And I feel like this, is, this, is, this may actually happen. He's going to say, I will fight Triple G, but only if he first fights Andrade, and I'll fight the winner of that. He's <laughs> going to make Golovkin do that first. And I'll I don't, fight I, you, but you got to fight Roley. I mean, Floyd tried it with Ryan Garcia. Um, it's, and I think it's just a perfect Canelo move. It's a, it's, it's class. It's like, look, I don't respect you anymore. You have to re-earn my respect, even though you beat me once and we drew once. And... Yeah, go fight this guy who's a terrible matchup and you're 40 years old. What the public and the market audience want to see. Indeed. All right, uh, Tevin Farmer falls to Jojo Diaz in their 130 uh, title weight bout. Uh, title weight. Wow, this is great. Title weight. Uh, here's the deal. I fought you last week. I thought we had a good show last week. By the way. This, this, this week's show, awful. Uh, horrible. It, it, as fat and stubby as my broken middle finger, okay? Yeah, I know. It's my fault. I know, guy. All right. Why don't you go listen to my wrestling show, okay, Rafe? All right, all right. That doesn't exist anymore. Don't <laughs> you fall go- in love with a wrestling show that no longer exists. Why don't, why don't you go watch PBC Kate to Kate? All right, now that you're finally supporting the, a project, I have no longer have any any handle on. All right, uh, wow, things are falling apart at the BC House at the moment. Uh, I fought you that Tevin Farmer Jojo Diaz was going to be worth was going to be a, a watcher, something we should care about. Rafe, I didn't watch it. I ran out of time. How was it? <laughs> You make me sick, Brian. It was, it was, um, it was interesting. There was drama and suspense because of that cut, which was caused in the second round by an accidental head cut, a headbutt, and just, I mean, that was one of the mo- deepest, nastiest eyelid cuts I, I can remember. I mean, really bad. It was in between rounds. You could see the levels of dermis that had been split open above jojo diaz's eye could you see and it brain? was almost what's that could you see brain no no i mean actually brian i think technically 
you can say that the eye is an extension of the brain, right? Because it's this organ oh, that so the optic nerve runs back right straight, connects straight to the brain. So, I mean, we all see each other's brains all the time. Oh, stop um, it. By the way, when I say the, the word MC brains, please tell me you think, Uchi Kuchi, la la la, Uchi Kuchi. Great one hit wonder, right? Very good. MC Thank brains, you. the funky homo sapien. Keep going, keep going. Um, no, so that that made there there was some suspense that made that added a lot of suspense to the fight because all of a sudden Jojo Diaz, who came out strong, looked good, but then he's dealing with this cut and and is the fight going to get stopped? Is it going to get sent to the cards early? Were they going to stop it before the fourth round and rule it a no contest? All of that. I was honestly surprised that that didn't happen. It was such a bad cut, but amazing work by his corner to keep it under control. It never really. It never really became a big problem in the fight. And Jojo Diaz, you got to get, I mean, he rose and he, he rose, he fought better. I thought he was going to win this fight and he fought even better than I thought he was going to and exceeded my expectations in, in, in terms of showing his character in the ring, because we've seen, I mean, you saw, and shout out to our friends, Eric Raskin and Kiernan, Mulvaney on the Showtime Championship Boxing Podcast, your other, uh, you know, your other madam who pays you, Brian. Um, they had Showtime Steven, is the label that pays, man. That's right. They had Breadman Edwards on their podcast this week. J, J, Julian Williams is trainer. And he was saying that the cut that J-Rock suffered in his fight against Jason Rosario bothered him a bit. And that was a, just a tiny slit compared to what Jojo Diaz was dealing with. And, and Diaz... Didn't miss a beat. He just stayed right on his game plan and kept dominating that fight. Um, it was interesting. It was a weird Tevin Farmer performance where he didn't use his legs like we're used to seeing him do. And it, it was hard to figure out, was that because he he was flat? Was it because he'd been so active that he that making weight over the course for five fights over the course of a year and a half or whatever it's been um, – had drained him of some energy and kind of took his legs away? Or was it that Tevin Farmer decided, and he had said some, he had some comments before the fight suggesting this, that his game plan was not to run necessarily or move in, in this fight, but to walk down the smaller man, and stand, which, which sounds crazy for Tevin Farmer, but maybe he actually was trying to do that. Um, and, but, and, and of course, Jojo Diaz fighting very well, and being a higher level of opponent than Tevin Farmer honestly has faced throughout much of his career. You could you look at Tevin Farmer's box rec. The best his best win might be Ivan Redcock back in the day. Um and and that was before he even won a title against who? Against who? Billy Dibb. Would you Billy say that? Dibb, not not yeah. even the Billy Dibb who was kind of respectable before he started losing to the Mexican Russian Evgeny Gradovich. The after version of Billy Dib, like one or two fights before Amir Khan chose him for a stunt fight in Dubai <laughs> or wherever. Amir Saudi, Khan turned fought. him into uh, uh, Tension Nasukawa, basically. Yeah, basically. Like, hey, come fight me at that junior middleweight. Um, Rafe, anyway. Important question, real quick. Do yes. you think Tevin Farmer passes the eye test or could pass an eye test? Oh, man. At the DMV? <laughs> That's so wrong, right? At the DM, you got to figure at the DMV they're just like, no, 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 man, no, 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 this ain't happening. <laughs> we don't even, don't even tell me. Um, I don't know. Um, but, and he also, you know, there were there were concerns. He was, the and the the broadcast did a good job of of highlighting and mentioning this. Um, he was blinking weirdly during the fight, 
and different from any other time we've seen him. And it just seemed like he was off a little bit. But Diaz also fought really, really, really well. A strong version of him and 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 overcame adversity with the cut. And it was it wasn't I think it wasn't really a exciting competitive fight because it's just to me, Diaz was winning that fight clearly. And the cards were closer than they needed to be. But um, it was, you know, it had steady action two good fighters. And, and I thought the better man won. And to echo your point, I like to see a guy in Jojo Diaz who was praised early as being a hot prospect, who was able to learn from a title loss in which he showed a ton of heart against Gary Russell, moved up in weight and is sort of figuring out how to be, how to be good, how to be great. So, this is great to see. I want to talk to you now about what you said would be the fight of the night on the card. The fight okay. that the real card it was the fight of the night carrying on the card. Hardcores. You, yes. you not regular fans, right? You took away you put points on my license, Rafe. I did for not being woke to all things Uzbekian sensation eight and O and your new unified. 122-pound champion, Neil Sadak. No, no. Murajan Akhmadilev. Does he have a nickname? Is there something? Is there MJ. A, MJ. MJ. Murajan. Oh, okay. All right. MJ. All right. MJ. He, li- he also is a dancer, and he likes Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. I like uh, Michael Jackson, baby. I like Michael Jackson. Uh, he claims a split decision over Danny Roman and look in doing so, right? He's, he's touching, he's touching ours in the record book here in terms of the idea of being just his eighth pro fight and he's unified titles in the division. Rafe, uh, should I, should I, should I give you your, should I do the mea culpa? Should I take the L for not being woke to this man and, and not having been more excited to see him in the biggest fight in his career prove to us that MJ is, is indeed just live your truth, Brian. Whatever you want to say, speak it, believe it, receive it. Uh, you made me flip cheeseburgers, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, how impressed were you with the excitement you had coming in with, for this man to see him pull this off? Split decision went over a very tough Danny Roman, the guy we don't talk about a lot, but you know, a solid champion. Oh, I thought it was a fantastic fight, Brian. I mean, really competitive, more closer, I think, than the. Uh, than the broadcast suggested and closer also than even, I guess it was a split, so I can't really get much closer, but it was that close. It, it almost felt closer in uh, by my watching it than it was on the car- scorecards and it was a split decision. It was a, I thought it was so competitive, a great mix of styles and you saw the, the sort of the athleticism, the raw talent, the weird style of Akhmadaliyev against Roman, who is just one of these classic, you know, very solid B pluses or A minuses across all categories and A plus in character, a guy who is greater than the sum of his parts and had to learn on the job, as we know, right? He lost two of his early fights before building himself into the champion that he he was and perhaps can be again in the future. It was. I thought it was just a, a really fun back and forth fight, hard as hell to score because it what didn't get enough credit. Roman's body work, through, consistent throughout the fight, he was landing a lot of good punches. That there were a lot of rounds where Roman seemed to do the better work, and then Akhmadaliev would come up with one brilliant combination or one crazy athletic 
move followed by a left hand, one of those wide left hands that knocked Roman back. And the, so, so Akhmedaliev was winning the moments, but the consistent effort kind of belonged to Roman throughout a lot of the fight. And also, just amazing the uh, the stamina and the the condition that Akhmedaliev was in, I thought, because the way he moved throughout the fight, the, I mean, he had Roman, even though Roman fought well in the late rounds and, and clearly just put a hurt on him. I mean, well, so the late, say the, the last three rounds were clear Akhmedaliev 10 and 11, and then overwhelming Roman in the 12th. Um, there were points where Roman was looking a little bit gassed, fighting through it, but still looking fatigued in a way that Akhmedaliev wasn't. And this was despite a very good body attack. I mean, from, from Roman throughout the fight, Akhmedaliev just taken those punches and was still able to move, still able to be fast, didn't really lose a step or, or a significant half step throughout the course of that fight. Man, it was it was awesome. It was what this this why we love boxing, Brian. Yeah, I mean, he never half steps because, of course, he's not a half stepper. Does drink a lot of soda, so like you, they call him Dr. Pepper. Dr. Rave. Pepper, yes. I did not score this fight. I did watch it, though, and I was very impressed by Amakdia Dalia. I mean, the easy, it's pretty easy Rafe, can, to I was say, struggling through the pronunciation, but I was going somewhere, all right? Akhmedaliev. Akhmedaliev. Uh, the guy has balls, Rafe. Yes. All right? You know, tough, tough gang member, all that. But there's craft in there. And there's yeah. the mentality. He has the mentality of a champion, Rafe. And this was that fight where he really had to show us everything. And, and like you said, shout out to Danny Roman for making him show everything. How did you score it? I look, I didn't score it myself either. Um, but I saw people online with draw scorecards, um, a handful, not too many, with um, with Roman maybe winning by a round, you know, seven five. Um, I could, I, I was more on the on the side of thinking maybe seven five for for Akhmedaliev just because he he convinced me with some of the better the clean hard shots he landed and the way he was backing he, he's really pushed Roman back at certain points in time. But I think there's a strong argument for people who say, well, no, no, no. Yes, he did that. But you got to count that body work. You got to count those strong, the, the, the consistent effort of Roman. And maybe, you know, I, I, it was a fight that really could have gone either way. And, and both guys really looked good in it. I think that, you know, I, to Roman's credit, he, he, I, I didn't see this turning out that way. I thought that this fight would, one guy would be exposed. I, and I didn't know who, but I was I was thinking, Roman is either too much of a professional, too experienced, too good, too solid, and he's gonna see this guy dancing around, looking flashy, and basically just be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you've never fought anyone on my level. I'm gonna beat your ass. No, 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 no. And or it was going to be a, a case of this guy just being Akhmedaliev being just on another level, just something special, and cutting through. A, a, a solid champion, but not someone who had had to deal with a pound, someone with, and I'm not saying Akhmedaliev will be or deserves to be pound for pound someday, but with that kind of talent necessarily. Um, instead, it was really close back and forth. It was, it was one where both guys were excellent, excellent. And it was, oh man, it was fun to watch. And then afterwards, the, um, the celebration, the way Akhmedaliev broke down was just like wailing 
enjoy and over just out of control emotions. Very it was prime some feel spot stuff. Yeah, very prime Ishe Smith, right? Almost, man. Almost. And did you see? I saw this on Twitter. Akhmadaliev flew back to Uzbekistan and the president met him at the airport, gave him keys to a new house and car. I mean, this is a big deal for, for him and for the nation. And it makes sense. I mean, when there can you think of a, a prominent Uzbek athlete outside of the sport of boxing? No. I, I don't. Can't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, it was cool. Brian, let me where do you so I, the other thing it made me think of is weight category one two two now is up there with the hottest, hottest white hot hipster. Uh, competitive divisions. That in boxing, was my follow up to you. You yeah. know, we talked last week about guys like Stephen Fulton Jr., about guys like Brandon Figueroa, about his sister a little bit. You know, I mean, we're always, Navarrete is still. We're always talking about his sister, to be honest, about uh, Asik Dugbe, about all that stuff. Uh, MJ has a stick. I talked about he's got that mentality. Is he a zone guy? What's the deal with him? I believe he is, yes, because he's been fighting on all those cards. I think he's co-promoted with Matchroom and somebody else. Who makes the most sense in a fight that could be made that people would want to team up to do? Um, well, I think at that, at look at, at super bantamweight, there's not so much money involved that it's ever it's that hard to cross the streams. I think that we've since we've seen it happen more often, it's more likely to hope for, um, you know, crosses between top rank and DAZN slash Matchroom. Or, of course, um, Ray Vargas, the other 122-pound titleist who isn't that much fun to watch but is very good. He's out there. He's a golden boy DAZN fighter. So that's a, a unification they could look to. Um, they could bring back TJ Dahini. Uh, who fought so well against Roman the first time? I think wouldn't be a, a would not at all be a, a bad choice for a, a first challenger on on Akhmadaliev. Uh, there's just so uh, there's so much to choose from. If and I still the the most difficult matchup for me to wrap my head around is uh, Emmanuel Navarrete, the the tall, just lanky. Dangerous mofo. Yeah, who'll be uh, back? Who I guess will be fighting on the uh, what? The Fury Wilder two yes, undercard. Yes, he will. And that guy, I feel like he Against fights every some month. Vinoy guy. Oh god. I mean, what is that undercard? Can we can we go there for a quick second? What is that undercard? It's uh, Prince Charles Martin yeah, against I'm... Sir Charles against who? Against Prince Albert? Does somebody did somebody say Prince Albert? Against against who? Against, against who? who? Against who? Against I forgot already. Against who? Uh, and then you got. Navarrete against I have a fight with some lamb of the sacrifice. Yes. And what's the what's the third bout? Oh man, I forgot already. Uh it's it would be what's the PBC fight then? What's worse, Rafe? That undercard or the entire Fox card March 8th in Brooklyn headlined by uh your boy uh uh, the, the what's his name? The Polish sensation, babyface, babyface assassin there against uh, the 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 ice hardened husk of Robert Hellenius. You see those fights they're adding? Fa of Jogba against Razjan Kozjan. Oh God! I, he just beat Fa Jogba. I mean, I know he had some trouble. He got knocked down pretty hard, but he just beat. 
Bogdan Dinu, who is like the better version of Razvan Koyan. Rafe, what are you doing Fox to me, Pete? Card, like, come on, brother. Uh, hey, before we get out of this weekend, and and mm. again, shout out to MJ. Okay, mm. he deserves to. He deserves for us to care about him. I regret. MJ is a real man. I regret making Neil Sadaka. Okay, jokes. let me put you on the spot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let me put you on the spot. Who's the who is who is your number? Who's your top guy in weight category one two two? Is it is it MJ? Is it Navarrete? Is it Ray Navarrete. Vargas? You like you think Stephen Fulton so, ends up being the man? I think Stephen Fulton could end up being the man because he does have that mixture of athleticism, legitimate boxing ability, and then the Philly toughness and, and sort of sneaky power there. I know Ray Vargas has been. We're talking about the same Philly toughness we've seen this year in Tevin Farmer and. Jason Rus- uh, and uh, Jay Rock Williams and uh, there's different Jesse Hart, levels. that kind of Philly toughness. There's regular Philly toughness, and then there's Tyrone-style Philly toughness, all right? Tyrone-style. Okay. True that. True so that. I'll, I'll, I'll do the morning bird call for that. Uh, hey, real quickly, Jojo Diaz is now echoing everybody and wearing a Kobe jersey. Uh, you okay with all this? You okay with everyone? Why would I not be okay with that? Everybody's yes, very okay with that. Okay. Well, Brian, you got slow down. Get a hold of yourself. One twenty-two, right? Category. Ray Kobe Va- Bryant meant a ton. Uh, meant so much to people Kobe. around the world. What and and it it doesn't stuff like that doesn't always have to make perfect sense. Okay, like he's been a part of their lives. Jojo Diaz and is a Southern California. You want to give him a tribute? Yes, yes, that is fine with me. I guess you know you you actually really nailed it last week in your breakdown of generations. And this is a much more show me generation, a digital generation, you know, maybe just old hardened guys like us. We just, we just bang it full of quarters and just, you know, and just, and just go on. We're like, yeah, you know, Kobe was great. I loved him. And then the next day we're, we're not necessarily showing up to work with a Kobe Jersey on, but uh, I did go back and watch my favorite Kobe moment, Rafe game four. 2000 finals. You know exactly what I'm talking about against the Pacers. Shaq follows out. Kobe's got the bum ankle, but he's like, no, I got this. Rafe, I will. And I've never been a Kobe guy, but they had some balls in that moment. Jumper after deep ass jumper. Very similar to the run he went on to close the 2001 NBA All-Star game. My favorite All-Star game ever. Do you know exactly what I'm talking about or no? 2001. That's not the one where uh, Iverson and Marbury came back. I was there. Actually, well, you I was, were there. Well, I was supposed to be there. I was there for all the events leading up to the All-Star game, and then I bought fake tickets for $250. Almost got beat up by the scalper, who I then went back to and be like, these are fake. You can't get in with these. And he threatened to kill me, and he chased me three blocks so that I would get away from where the cops were. And that was pretty scary. And then um, I drove home and listened to it on the radio. Uh, so it was a dark night. Anyway, I was the biggest NBA fan ever there. And you remember how bad the East was in comparison to the powerhouse West. There was like whatever West teams were not making the playoffs could have legitimately been like a number three seed in the East. I used to say that the, the second line of the Portland trailblazers could, could have made the playoffs in the East right back then. Cause they were so deep. Um, I don't, you know, you remember Allen Iverson put it on his shoulders and it was, it wasn't just him. Steph, give, well, put some, please, okay. please. I was going to get to Steph. shout out Coney Island's finest. Exactly. Steph's two threes at the end were, were obviously what won it for them. McGrady, a real underrated defense. Uh, Mutombo had like 18 rebounds. But Iverson carried them. But I think you remember that shootout I'm talking about where Kobe and Marbury traded like obscene buckets. Kobe hit like two deep two balls with Mutombo like right in his face. And it was just those man moments of like, I got this. So, yeah, JoJo, you can wear the Kobe jersey. That, that's fine, okay? Um, that's fine. That's great. 
Glad you're finally getting the score. What we were talking? Oh, uh, here's what we were talking about, Rafe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, PBC over the weekend. Uh, first of all, did you see that upset that that uh, have a fight with some ex UFC white guy? He, he pulled that upset on that prospect, and and Ray Flores was giving us like like double ragasm. Shout out to Ray Flores for calling that that wildness here. And uh, maybe if we've got a, a you know an expert of the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. A right hook upstairs. Edwards shakes his head. As- Wow, right. candidate, yeah. yeah, candidate for Chris West Collard. Pants. Shout out to that dig guy. It from again, Utah. Dig it again. From Utah. How my many real, fighters from Utah? My real question is, uh, Ugas, your Dennis Ugas, the Cuban yes. welterweight. Oh, the other, not the other Ugas. He went in there and did the business against the, uh, the, 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 the husk and bones that was left of Mike Dallas Jr. They, they went to Argentina. They found Matisse. They got Mike Dallas's soul, right? They put him in a room. They did everything that was bad with boxing in one room, right? They got Adrian Broner, and they got him back into the ring, and Ugas did the business. I didn't even watch it. I read about it. Where should Ugas go next? I thought he beat Sean Porter. It's it's not out of line to be like, this guy might be no worse than the fourth best welterweight in the world. Is he going to get a chance in that PBC world to, to be a spoiler, Rafe? Look, if he's not, and this is a suggestion more than a prediction because I don't think this will happen because nothing good ever happens, but um, why not? Look, if, if, why not set him, let him off the, the, the you know, let him, let, let, him, let him branch out a little bit. He's a champion. He's one of the, the, the guys right on the cusp of the championship level at weight category 147, Walter Waite. Let that man fight Terrence Crawford. That's a good, very, that's a tough fight. Wouldn't necessarily be a fun fight, right? Because Ugas can be very technical. He's long, he's tall, he's Cuban. Uh, but, let you know, that'd be a very good win or a very good test for Terrence Crawford if he could beat your Dennis Ugas. And he's Ugas is the type of PBC fighter who doesn't get the big opportunities within PBC. So let him let him go Try and get bring back the belt, and then do you mean through a mandatory? All of a sudden, everything's winning. Do you mean get Bud through a mandatory? Because I don't think Grandpa's going to accept that fight. I don't look. I, I guess not. I, I don't. I don't know the how it lines up. But why? Why wouldn't Grandpa? Why wouldn't Grandpa and Terrence Crawford accept that fight? They because, should beat your Dennis because Ugas. they are Ugas trying is to, very good. They should to, be able to beat him, and they should not be afraid of beating him. Because they're not trying. That to, anyone would be afraid of beating him, but they should not be worried about whatever risk they take on to to fight him because. Terrence Crawford should walks around like he is the VST, my Rafe, man. He's trying to pin Conor McGregor right now. Okay, he's got bigger business there, right there. Uh, I would like to see Ugas against. Uh, Let him fight Porter again. Over, I mean, look, I don't if, think either of them wants to lose that. No, fight, I don't think anybody like Thurman's not going to come back against Ugas. Danny's got you know, Danny's night. He's got bigger fish to fry. I don't know, maybe like a, a Sergey Lipinets. Sure, that is a that is a good fight. I'm not as high on Lipinets, oh, but you know somebody's going to beat him soon enough. So let I'll it be Ugas. That. All right, back to your 122 question to close on the weekend talk. Here are Dan Rayfield's Ray, rankings at 122, and I want you to tell he, me: Does he still have Ray Vargas at number one? No, he has Guillermo Rigondeaux, who will be fighting for a bantamweight title on Saturday at number one. Navarrete two, Ray Vargas, who's 34 and 0 at number three. 
MJ at four, Danny Roman five, Rice K. Iwasa, TJ Doheny, Dog Bay, Brandon Figueroa's sister, and Gavin McDonald to close out your top ten. Who right now is the man? Wait, where was Fulton in that? He was not in that. That that I think that's just an oversight. I don't think that is intentional. Oh, no, that is updated. That is updated through the Danny Roman fight, Rafe. Interesting. Um, I mean, I would I wouldn't put Fulton in the top five necessarily because there is just a, a strong proven top five. But still, I, I'd, I'd have him there in the back end. Who's the, I, I think that Navarrete is number one on that. I don't really think that Rigo. I, I don't even know uh, Rigo's fighting at bantamweight right now. If he wins a title, he's going to stay there. So. I I wouldn't. While I don't disagree with the idea of saying, look, Rigo hasn't lost at that weight, uh, and he is until he does. We're not budging off of that. Uh, if he's not fighting at that weight, it's okay to to, to move on from him. Um, my my, I, I think that Navarrete is the guy, and even if I like a lot of the things that MJ Akhmadaliev does, I don't know if it's enough to deal with the length the height, the power of, of Navarrete, give but it's to, a fight I would love give to him see. Give to Dog Bay, man. MJ and Dog Bay would be some fun business. You that know? would be fun. It'd be two guys who are kind of awkward, extremely athletic, some pop. Oh, it'd be very, yeah, that, that would be awesome. Hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? Your son, the Royal Storm. I'm coming to pull up a show for you and the global fans. Take care. Oh, so polite. So polite of that. Hello, man. Grandpa. Hello, hello, Grandpa. It's your son, the Royal Storm Asik Dog Bay. All right, Rafe. Let's get quickly into some latest news. Uh, it's unfortunate here. Uh, Gervonta Davis in the headlines for a viral video that took place over Super Bowl weekend in Miami at a charity basketball game. Right, and the storm clouds are out on Gervonta Davis. Wow. Richard Dwyer could not be more right. Rafe, I'm sure you saw this video by now. He approached the mother of his daughter in front of everybody, and this 14-second cell phone video that has been viewed more than 7 million times saw him, uh, you know, to quote Chris Rock, he did, he, he'd never hit a woman, but he would shake the ish out of her, and he essentially dragged her backstage, and nobody did a thing. Since then, Rafe... Gervonta Davis has been charged with simple battery domestic violence. Coral Gables Police Department. Gervonta turned himself in. Uh, yikes. Yikes. Uh, the, 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 the fact that there's video proof and that ultimately the video proof is what spurred on the sort of, I guess, rightful arrest in this case, it, it, it looks even worse. Now, before the arrest... Gervonta did comment on social media in a sense-deleted tweet that said, quote, I never once hit her. Yeah, I was aggressive and told her, come on, that's the mother of my child. I would never hurt her other than, I would never hurt her other than that happy New Year's. January was trash. Rafe, what does that mean? End quote. I'm, look, who cares about the January is trash or whatever. That I would never about. hurt her other than that happy New Year's. January oh. was trash. Um, Rafe, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, in any case, it is it is it is also a very hurtful thing to humiliate someone like that in public to sort of demonstrate that you have control or power over them with that kind of stuff. Grabbing them by I don't think he grabbed her by the neck, but he grabbed her by her garment right in front of her neck. Um, it's serious stuff. It is not. 
at the level of hitting someone because he didn't do that, but it is, it's wrong. Uh, and I guess it, 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 it's enough to meet the threshold of, of crime statutes. Cause he's been, he, cause he was charged and, and has turned himself in. Um, and look, you, there's nothing, there's no excuse for it. There's no, there's nothing good about it. There's, but what are, what, what, I don't know. What do you take from it from there? You hope that he that that someone can get through to him and say, look, don't like not not only don't do this. Obviously, don't say it's it not don't do this in public. It's don't do this. It's wrong. Yeah, don't do that ish. Don't you know? Nothing, yeah. A hundred percent across the board. Now, you know, there's there's varying levels of that ish, that awful ish. You know, this 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 wasn't Ray Rice, but it's still pretty bad. So I don't think this means uh we have to hate Gravante for life. We have to petition outside the Showtime offices. I mean, he's he's 25. He's on the verge of stardom. He's probably going to have a pay-per-view fight with Leah Santa Cruz this spring. That should all happen. But I hope that, by God, that this is the wake-up call he would need. Like, I don't want to hear the excuse that, you know, he came up seeing things we never would have imagined in Baltimore. Like, I get that's all true, but, like, this is a bad-ass look any year, especially 2020. Uh, you know, of course, right? People are saying, "Well, if you did that in front of the camera, what does he do behind the scenes?" I, I don't want to get into any of that. I, I just hope this is the wake up call Gervante needs. That you, you can't, you just can't do this, dude. It's just, it's like, not only is it just bad, it's just awful. But you are on the verge of of so much great, so much good. Like we have no reason to not like Gervante as a fighter. You know, maybe you can be like, "Well, when's he going to fight?" You know, all that stuff. When's he going to fight? You said about everybody, yeah. But like, you know, Gervante's been like. Uh, largely a babyface. I know he's had a couple of arrests outside the ring, but he's been largely like a guy who we all want to see how great he can be. We want to all be positive about this guy. I really don't want to see him go down this road. Of course not. I mean, not just for the sake of his career, of course, but just because like the sake of humanity and people and whoever would suffer because of that. And of course that whatever that would come around and probably uh, hurt him as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, we've seen again and again and again in boxing that this doesn't really affect a fighter's career, right? I, I mean, Sergey Kovalev was, you know, charged with felony battery and and much more violent crimes against a woman, and and racism. And, well, that that was that's been around for a long time, but let's let's. let's I mean, if we go into all the um, the wrong things fighters have done then it's good we're going to be here for a very long time well that's, we even that's just, why we'll be here for a long time just sticking to violence yeah against we women. would need a spin-off podcast is what you're saying right? um he belongs but, on my crime channel here on youtube yes he yes he does um and but so after after kovalev was charged what what happened in his career he got a fight with canelo um <laughs> i could and, be mayor the two aren't necessarily related <laughs> what i could be mayor yeah right um smoke crack you know, his job of course, back. You know, Floyd Mayweather had, you know, multiple uh, domestic battery convictions over the course of his, his life and career. And, and uh, if anything, you could probably make a decent, fairly convincing argument that it helped him sell pay-per-views yeah. to people who wanted to see him get beat yeah. um, or it built his, his, his overall notoriety. All of it. And, and what, I mean, uh, even fighters we loved, Arturo Gotti. Yeah. 
Naughty, you know, like even no. even guys we love, like Arturo Gatti and Diego Corrales, also had serious domestic violence issues over the course of their lives. Edwin Valero, um, yeah, well, that that's a whole whole nother. Uh, OJ Simpson, um, War Machine. There's not and, Ray and there's, Carruth. It's it's diff. Yes, it, people. It is a societal problem, uh, not just in sports, not just in boxing. Not just in football, not just in wherever. It is an issue in society, and you know it's it's wrong. It, and people will, it will change the way people think of Javante Davis, even if that's the first time anything like that has ever happened. Even if he never does anything like that ever again, it will change the way people think of him. But I don't think it'll stop him from being having a. Uh, reaching whatever his potential is in the ring. There can be a difference, though, like the footage of it. Yes, you know, makes it a million times worse. And I think it's fair to, for people to I actually do think it's fair for people to bring up the race card when connected to this. When you go, well, you guys don't go nuts over Kovalev. You're just sort of like, oh, yeah, he's a dirtbag. Let's move on. But you want to sit here and roast uh, Gervonta. Well, Gervonta's thing was on camera. I mean, that's that's like it's a double down. That's that's really bad. But at the end of the day, it's all bad, Rafe. And that's unfortunately in a combat sports like you mentioned where people come from different backgrounds and where aggression plays such a huge part. Look at the NFL is, is, is ripe with this type of stuff. I just, I just hate it, but it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Understand. We know Kovalev's not a boy scout. None of them are right. That incident on the plane with the woman where Kovalev's throwing money at her is just downright embarrassing. You Thank couldn't you. even imagine. Thank you, Rich. Canelo being in that position. Well, I could imagine. I we mean, know he's not a Boy Scout. I mean, he did knock out Ar- Archie Solis' teeth over that woman. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it did It did happen in Guadalajara, Rafe. I know you're, you know, whatever. All right, moving on here. Speaking of Big Red, speaking of Canelio, right? Right? Uh, Roroto Maroda, uh, Radio Rahim, you're next, my friend. No, no, maybe not, Rafe. Maybe not after all. Talks of Canelo versus Murata in Japan for Cinco de Mayo have now folded. And just today, Bob Arum saying on the Chris Mannix podcast that's supposed to come out later this week that uh, it's shelved for now. They're going to revisit it later. Now we're back in the idea of Canelo versus probably Billy Joe Saunders. Maybe Callum Smith over Cinco de Mayo weekend. And some of our listeners have already, the quality blokes of the world have already gone on Twitter, been like, BC was right. This is a Floyd-like move. You want me to fight Kareem Mayfield? Of course you don't. You want to fight Devin Alexander? No, you don't. But if I fight Maidana, you'll settle for it and be happy. If he fights Billy Joe Saunders, Rafe, I'm going to end up being happy. I'm going to settle for it. That's the kind of fight I want to see right now. That's a great test at 168. It's for a title that's against a man who's never lost, who has a very difficult style. Say it, Canelo. Say it. Golovkin. No, not Golovkin. You are next, my friend. No, no, not Golovkin, but BJS. You are. You are next, my friend. And I am very happy about that. You want to do Rio? You want to do Radio Rahim? Do it on your own time, meaning do it as your third fight Rocky Fielding bout later this year, right? Do it as you stay super busy and active. Ooh, and you want to Imagine if Canelo went and did that and, and did, say, one of those always awesome like New Year's Eve cards in Japan yes. against Murata. That would be huge. That would be huge. I am so down for this. Give me BJS. Give me that race. Stuff the points. <laughs> Because you can't get naked in front of a woman looking like that. That's true. That is, that is true. That is true. 
talking about me, talking about this man like he's talking to this man right here. Um, Champ, you're going to need a few, a few more than pies. You know? Yeah, I, shoot, man. I had too many pies already. Brian, I, I look, this is definitely, if he goes with, with Billy Joe Saunders, that's definitely a, a better test and a better fight than Ryota Murata, just in terms of competitiveness, um, how, how big an underdog uh, Murata would have been compared to somebody like Saunders. It still bugs me that Saunders appears to be in pole position for this because what what has Saunders really done to to earn it over the likes of even Callum Smith? Callum Smith beat George Groves at 168. You know how since moving to junior middleweight or super middleweight, you know who Billy Joe Saunders has beaten? Shifat Usman or Usman and uh, some Argentine guy who he barely beat needed a, a come from behind knockdown knockout in the eleventh round I have to a win. Fight, uh, with a, a Thailand guy. And it's just he he's got he had he he popped for some bizarre steroidal nasal spray when he was supposed to fight Demetrius Andrade. He um and not and let's not even get into like whether or not he's been a nice guy outside the ring. He's he's sort of played this game perfectly where he fights only enough and just who he needs to to um preserve this image of him as a great opponent for some big name fighter out there and never really goes beyond that and just waits. Just he's basically playing chicken waiting for his name to be called and it it bums me out that it, he's he's gonna win that game. Like like his best win in recent years is David Lemieux. How come how come how come when Triple G beat David Lemieux, it was oh well I mean it's Lemieux he should he should kill Lemieux. Lemieux was nothing. Lemieux was he was already beaten twice or three times by those other guys. Then Billy Joe Saunders outclasses Lemieux a year later, and it turned or two years later, and it turns into wow. He should fight Canelo. What the? Where does that crap come from? I even I don't even want Triple G Canelo three that much anymore. But that Triple G deserves that fight more than Billy Joe Saunders. He had Stop to go to war crap. with Stop freaking Derevianchenko. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong there. But um, you know he the the bait and switch worked. I don't want I don't want Mariota uh, Mar- Mar- I don't want any of that. Okay, I'll take I want Billy those Joe. I'll give, uh, you know, I'll give me Billy Joe Saunders. In fact, I want it more than Calum Smith. Calum Smith might be, even be better. Might even be a tougher challenge in some way. No, probably not. BJ, BJS is difficult. He's a tougher challenge. I just want to see. Are that. you crazy? Say it. Say it. Say it to me. Say it to me. What do you got? Say it to me. The Calum Smith fight is harder and and more appropriate. Right, but BJS is slippery, dude. He'll stink I out. Guess. Of, he'll stink yes, out of a fight. He can be. We he. he we never know. Look, look. The, the, this all depends on the myth of BJS being the kind of guy who can summon his best effort. Basically, living off of Tyson Fury's fumes, being like, "Well, okay, this guy is a traveler too, and he's also a sl- can be a slick fighter, and he also is always going to be the very best version of himself when he needs to be to just have enough to beat the man across from him. Maybe, but that might just be." Uh, you know, we might just be projecting that on him. He doesn't necessarily demonstrate that in the ring. To be with the man, you've got to beat the man, Rafe. It's a gr- famous quote said by Yusuf Mack. <laughs>
All right. Hey, we got a date for the next Australian Super Bowl. It's Wednesday, April 22nd. It's what is Jeff, with these Wednesday fights? I don't know. I'll take it. It's Jeff Horn against Tim Zhu, son of the legend, Kostya. Uh, it will be at 154 weight category with Tim Zhu recently being, what, a welterweight? Uh, Jeff Horn going as high as 60 lately. No location as of yet. Maybe it'll be in Bendigo. Probably not. No, probably no, more. not Bendigo. That's uh, the Rafa territory. They're looking at the Brisbane Exhibition Center. Maybe the Sydney's bit. Bank West Stadium, maybe Margaret Court Arena in Melbourne. I know you stopped listening at this point. Maybe Perth's RAC Arena, according to this ESPN Australia thing I'm reading. Rafe, I am fired up. Horn twenty-two and one. Zoo fifteen and zero. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring on Australian royalty to break this fight down. Okay, give me it. Why do we care this much about Jeff Horn? Why? Why? Because we watched the documentary, because we've seen, we know Joe Horn, we've seen into his soul. Also, the guy fights like a tough, tough gang member, and he's got balls, Brian. He's, yeah. told, he's showed you how many times. I love me some Jeff Horn. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, do you have a response to that? No response. I will respond with my fists in the ring. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you know what Tim Zhu's response is? What? What? Please do not be rude to me. Okay. You was dumb? Okay, do you want to do an IQ test worry, and see? You're as dumb worry. as your haircut, Jeff uh, Glenn Rushton. Uh, yeah, d please do not be rude to me, please. Please do not, no, no, please do not be rude to me. Please, please, please. Uh, elsewhere in the box news, Rafe, uh, Deontay Wilder has responded to Tyson Fury's claims that he will knock him out in two. We talked about that at length last week. It came up on this. Uh, all act, whatever they're calling the series that Fox and ESPN are running. It's a non-Brian Campbell entity quote from Wilder. We all know he doesn't have no power as far as him knocking me out. He don't believe that himself. He can't even see that in his dreams. You can take that comment. It is what it is. I'm here to say this, Rafe. We did that episode last week. I was going down a certain road. Now you look, you know, you already know I'm the best AU. First of all, right? Right. Second of all, you know, I'm a Tyson Fury guy. OK, he is Greg Maddox when we're talking about heavyweights. Historical. And I, and I actually mean that. I, I really do think he is the heavyweight of this era. I did believe after the first press conference that maybe he's not in the right headspace. Maybe he doesn't have the right motivation. Maybe Wilder has just dialed the hell in. And some of the things that Fury took advantage of in that first fight, maybe they won't be there the second time. I don't know what's going on with me, Rafe, but by the way, this fight is starting to pick up, meaning I am getting so many people texting me that are in my life that are not even boxing fans that are hardcores or just regular fans that are just constantly like, dude, where are you leaning right now? Where are you leaning? Who's going to win this fight? And lately I've been telling them, I don't know if I just like the taste of that man's juice, but that discussion we had last week about, well, what if... What if Fury goes all value, Evan, just lays all over Wilder and stuffs suffocates him and exposes that he can't fight on the inside and really does try to muck it up in there and fight a more aggressive style while still slipping punches. Could he pull this off? Could this be the modern day rumble in the jungle? It's far as just, you know, walking into the line of fire and just and having a specific game plan and just sticking to it and just out willing a man, right? Because this is a man who will do things that other boxers won't do. We have established that. Rafe, I'm starting to believe that TF, the big jip, that he's more crazy like a fox than just straight up batshit crazy. 
and that he may be able to just find a way to do this, Rafe. I don't know if I can pick Wilder by KO, where I was 100% a couple weeks ago. Now I'm starting to lean back toward the green and, and orange hair, Rafe, of the, of the Irish Gypsy. Are you feeling what I'm feeling right now, or am I crazy to begin with and really just drunk on, on, no. on all things Gypsy? No, I am. That is, that's sort of where I'm always at with Tyson Fury because even though I could recognize what appear to be some alarming, you know, or things that generally speaking, yeah, would be red flags, right? Oh, you're training, you're changing trainers without any real explanation a few months before this fight. Uh, you are kind of talking this nonsense about all of a sudden turning into a fighter with a right hand like like Vladimir Klitschko or Lennox Lewis or Tommy Hearns because you're training with Emmanuel Stewart's nephew. That don't make no sense. How many fighters in history have ever gone to one training camp and come back with uh, that kind of punch when they never showed it before in their lives? Um, there's a lot of stuff that makes no sense. But Tyson Fury is this kind of guy who has, has demonstrated and talks convincingly enough about it that I, I do have a hard time ever counting him out and thinking and, and decide he, he seems like he though everything that I said, I didn't believe necessarily about Billy Joe Saunders going into a Canelo fight. I do kind of believe about Tyson Fury and his ability to, when the moment is there, whatever condition he's in, whatever preparation he's had has something that he allows allows him to find what he needs to be the better man for the 36 minutes of ring action that he needs to 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 win the fight and, and but at the same time you know my brain is in the other direction thinking no nah, man don't don't fall for it this doesn't look good um it I did think it was interesting that he posted on Instagram the, his weight this week saying he's Coming, he's right now. He's at 270, and it seems like he plans to be around that weight when they fight. So that's about 15 pounds heavier than he weighed for uh, their first fight. That does suggest he is not planning to, you know, move quite as much. Could be wanting to lean on on Wilder and 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 wear him down that way, and could also uh, be planning to yeah try and see if he can land the power punches to to turn the tables and get Deontay Wilder in trouble. I don't know if I believe it all, but he, he, that's where, I mean, if you look at his body, that's where he's at. He's 15 pounds heavier. It looks like he's carrying it pretty well, though you never know with Fury because he wears his trunks higher than Steve Urkel, so you don't really see <laughs> what's going on with that punch. But yeah, yeah. That, what, what do you think? Is 270 an ideal weight for him? I think Big John would be behind that, right? Big John wants him to be is. bigger, wants him to be more powerful, him beefy. wants him to use the full man to look at the whole man, right? That's how men deal. That's how men roll. He ain't a man. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, look, the, obviously what makes this fight so great is that, you know, Dwyer jokes aside, Fury is the ultimate technician. He's probably the only guy that could outbox Wilder and not get knocked out, yet Wilder can knock you out at any point. He can lose all 11 and a half rounds, be busted up, and still knock you out. And by the way, that's a credit, not just to his ungodly power, Rafe, but I don't think we give Wilder enough credit for his conditioning. 
and his, because, uh, you know, you see people say this about him. Like, your power doesn't go up as the fight goes on. You get exhausted. Right. His power is always there. I mean, he's a he's a hell of an athlete. There's a lot of unorthodoxness to him. But um, this fight went from where I'd say a month ago before that first press conference, I'm sort of like, man, this is, you know, the fight will sell itself to a degree. But, man, they're not doing what I thought they would do. They're not selling the ish out of this these new layers of legitimacy, right? It's not the kind of ish we thought. We thought the ish we would be getting is Tyson Fury starting fake fights and saying Dosser a lot and getting sound bites. Instead, we're getting sort of strategical storylines that are really jazzing me up in the right way, Rafe. If I could buy this fight, if I wasn't gifted to be there or have somebody buy it for me on pay-per-view with an expense card, I would buy it twice just because I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that is turning appears to be working to their favor and was smart planning by Fox and ESPN and Top Rank and PBC is that February 22nd is in a real dead zone for sports and and media, everyone in, you know, everyone in that universe is looking at it like, shoot, all right, well, football is over. NBA All-Star break is done. There's it's before March Madness or even the, the the conference tournaments and college basketball begin really. Um, there it it is it comes at a good time for a lot of people to be looking for a big story to to jump on and hopefully that look hopefully that leads to a great success because the not I mean as much fun as it is to watch um you know the 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 boxing honchos who we like to make fun of squirm and fail it's more fun to watch good fights and if this fight succeeds we have a better chance of getting those good fights and more crossover fights between top rank and pbc and espn and fox damn right rafe damn right fifa fum fum i'm the man with the right hand bomb tyson fury oh well where oh where can he be well, he's the next man that oh, I want to see. Uh, wow. Uh, Rafe, I want to ask you real quickly, okay? We, I mentioned the rope-a-dope. I mentioned Rumble in the Jungle. You know, what Ali did to George Foreman at a time when people thought Ali might be washed, Foreman was unstoppable and unbeatable. I'm not comparing these same situations of where Fury and Wilder are in their career. But let's say Fury pulled this off. Let's say he actually knocked out Deontay Wilder in the same manner that Ali did Foreman, which wasn't a like a clean knockout. It was more like exhaustion and frustration and then caught him with a, a clean one and Foreman just sort of stayed down like F this, man. It, was, it wasn't no moss, but you get what I'm saying, right? It wasn't like a knockout cold. It was more like an accumulation of just everything, of, of emotions, of fitness, of everything. What if he did that? And then what if he worked himself into the giant fight against Joshua for all the belts and then went on another bender, and that was the end. Is he like a top uh, t- seven heavy? I mean, like, what do you what do you do with him at that point? He doesn't have the ex- he wouldn't have the extended library of fights against giant names. Like right now, Anthony Joshua's resume is way better than his, but he would have one of those careers if he left unbeaten, where you'd be like, tell talk me into you know that that meme where the guy's sitting in front of the table and it's like you know convince me, talk me into you know what I'm saying. I don't think I know that He's one. got the coffee cup and he's sitting in front of the table and there's a sign and it says something funny and it's like, 
convince I've, me otherwise. Convince is, me. Is other- Jack Nicholson doing a weird like head nod in this one? No, no. We could, you know, you you could legitimately be like, okay, maybe he's only beaten four quality heavyweights, but convince me otherwise that he wouldn't take gentleman James Corbett's soul, brother. I mean, could he really like? Is this a chance to kind of do one of those backdoor? I'm one of the all time greatest things here, or am I just? I mean, now I'm just pouring the uh, the gypsy juice in my open, you know. Yeah, thank you. You have open wounds? You have abscesses, man? What's going on? You have bed sores? I'm a wounded person. Yes, keep going. Yes. Yes. Um, I I think that it might be a little much to, and I'm not a huge historical, I I, like where rankings guy. Um, I think if he goes, if he beats Wilder convincingly, if he then some went on to fight AJ and won that fight, he would have beaten the dominant fighters of that era as well as Klitschko. And he would even without even with the rest of his fights being uh, what they call dog poop. Um, it doesn't matter because he beat the guys who beat all those other guys. And you would have a strong argument that he's the best of this generation. I think that this generation historically may be, you know, revised where the revisionists will come in and I think probably help lend a little bit more clarity to it and say that in some ways Fury is kind of like in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. These guys are all vulnerable. None of them is is a perfect, outstanding fighter. Fury at times has looked like the closest thing. Um, so I don't know if that, if the being the best of a, what is considered a down period, I guess, well, well, Klitschko, how much? Where does where do where do the uh, where do the rankers who really give a damn about you mean rankings the wankers? You mean those the guys? wankers and the rankers? Yes. Where do they wank him? Well, Dan Rayfield had him number one pound for pound after give Floyd me, retired. Me, no, I mean historically, and give me one that is I serious. Know. Well, please. look, I mean, legitimately, Klitschko has like the third most title defenses, so that helps him. I think people look at him as certainly a top ten guy, which is a great. That's not. I mean, that's saying something. By the way, we're to say somebody's a top ten heavyweight all time. Do you realize who you have to push aside to get in that top ten? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's legitimate. I think he's a back-end top 10 guy because of just the the totality of the wins. But this was a shitty era, as and you so, know. So in that case, I guess if, if Fury accomplishes what you're suggesting he might accomplish, does he go higher than Klitschko in your book? Does yes, because he beat him because he beat prime Klitschko. Style. But he didn't beat climb, well, prime Klitschko. Well, not like prime Klitschko, but like, you know what I'm saying, still on top Klitschko. Right, hadn't, had not, he was still reigning. Um, and if he does the same to Wilder, and then you could argue he had done it twice, and then if he does it to Joshua to become undisputed, man, I'm just saying that it'd be an interesting conversation. Then, he comes, then, he, then you get him in there in the top 10, I guess. Also, he if he comes it. in at 270 and he's fat, hey, look out, right? The fat fellas can fight for some reason. You know, I mean, all they can all people. all fat be all fat people can fight, right? Was she a great big fat person? Uh, Rafe, to close out the news, she we, was a big girl. She was, it was, she was a big yeah. girl, sir. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Ivan Redcock, after that loss to Danny Garcia, we sort of joked last week, hey, shouldn't the New York Commission do something about this? Rafe, I was suggesting like a. Uh, Temporary six month suspension slash slap on the wrist five hundred dollar fine. Rafe, they're threatening here the New York State Athletic Commission to take his whole purse, take his how purse away. Rafe, what is happening here? They want to fine him, suspend him, and take away his whole purse. Rafe, this ain't Tyson. I'm sorry. This was like a sloppy little joking type of scenario. And I got news for you. Guess who was in my DMs the other day? 
Um, Brian Garcia. No, Ivan Redcock. And he's like, dude, I didn't even bite down. Now, that's neither here nor there. Who knows? Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't know if he inhaled. I don't know if he had relations with that girl. You got to ask Danny, right? This is Danny's night. Are the marks there? Is Did Canelo's injection sites throw, show up during the first Triple G? You got to ask Triple G. Yeah, we don't really know. But, Rafe, um, this is extreme, right, bro? Like I get, you yeah, it's a, it's a terrible decision. It looks ridiculous. No, I can't. I no one has has seems to approve of it. It stinks of some kind of cash grab or otherwise, um, you know, malicious intent. It makes no sense, Brian. And it's, I mean, honestly, this is a bad thought to have. But my first thought was like, damn, is like the is New York trying to get back the money they had to pay out in the settlement to Magomed because Ivan Redcock shouldn't be paying for that. Like that's, that's messed up. Um, and the whole thing makes no sense. Uh, it doesn't. And Thomas Hauser, shout out to the Cape broke who, who has been going after the uh, New York commission in recent articles. He had the big two part um, expose on, on them last, uh, last week. And then after the Garcia stuff and the Redcock decision, he followed up on it and made it, he's right on this one like this just doesn't make sense doesn't even appear that the the commission knew what happened right because they gave the promoter's check to the promoter who then gave it to Redcack who cashed it and should not give it back like Ivan don't it, give right? that yeah. money back it doesn't matter if you never spend fight again. Cash. Don't no give that money back. No receipts. Spend it. Spend it all right now in Ukrainian blow. Just get rid of the cash, right? Whatever. They they can't put any liens on him. I mean, they can they can uh, try and Why prevent him Skipper from fighting. Me? Sorry. Yeah. What? Why is John Skipper um, texting? Me? <laughs> um, it's just crazy. It's it's really it's it's it makes it's really hard to understand. And for all the stuff that goes on in boxing, all of the I mean the the drug cheats the the um, you know, the fouling, the, the, the illegal hand wrapping, the, all the yeah. things that pe it, to, to, to go after this, which, uh, there are, there are, there, there is precedent in boxing for, you know, superficial and very bad biting, right. From the, the whole range from Mike Tyson taking out a chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear to, uh, uh, cash Ali biting, uh, David Price's shoulder in that fight in the UK last year. And all that really happened was a disqualification. And this was one that the, the New York commission appeared to maybe not even notice. Certainly Benji Estevez didn't do anything in the yeah. moment, didn't oh, deduct a point, didn't give him a warning, didn't anything. And they behave. It's like they found out after the fact and then tried to retroactively look tough. I hate when commissions do this. They're yeah. so, when they get so caught up in, preserving this idea that they had that, that or this image of them as guardians of the sport get out of here you're in bed with all of yes. the dirtiness yes. too because you know right? what Just boxing is at the end of the day rafe keep people I safe have some doctors like and a, some emts like on a, site uh, it's a hood sport rafe yeah keep keep people from dying in the ring to yes. the best of your ability and shut hey, the f speaking up speaking of that shout out did you see uh magomed abdusalamov Speaking of that 2013 incident from the Mike Perez fight in New York, he's in the gym now hitting a bag. Have you seen this with his left hand? I have not seen that. Good. That's great to hear. He's got a coach with gloves, and, and it's like a, you know, it's part of his rehab and it's part of his workout. Rafe, I felt so, I guess, good on the inside. We never see, you know, we never, we never see happy endings from this. We never see anything from this. And this is certainly a really sad story that's had, you know, somewhat 
of, of miracles built in to sort of get him back to a level where he can communicate with his family and, and live somewhat of a life in a wheelchair. But to see him back hitting pads, man, I, I caught the feels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. You're not, you're not moved by that at all. You're not. I am definitely moved by it, but I'm not going to trivialize it with my kind of outsider, whatever impressions of, I mean, like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, like, it's, it is really great. It is uplifting. Okay. I like the ending. I like the way it ended. Okay. (laughs) I love the happy ending. Okay. That's the truth. That's the truth. All right. Uh, I got it. We got to be quick here. Give me 10 seconds. Okay. Top rank signs, big baby Miller. Speaking of a, of a cheater, uh, you care? Um, yeah, fight we gotta Fury. care, right? I mean, he's a, he's a heavyweight contender. I look, I disapprove of the way he's handled it. He basically was just like, okay, I got caught. I am going to tweet through it and nobody going to stop me. Um, it sucks to see people get away with that, but here he is. And look, big baby never really convinced a lot of people that he was that good to begin with. So hopefully karma comes back in a weird way. He gets some, somebody, Whoa. you know, sends him. Wow, you're already calling for that. You're already calling for the uh for uh, a one-way plane ticket to um to hell. I take his whole soul. So wow, that's all okay. Why if, not? If only take I could find that too. clip of um of AJ rapping right now. I'd be a happy man. Lick him up and down like a stamp. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Find me fighting on June 1st at MSG, Liverpool MC in NYC, holding it down, I ain't a clown, I'm ready to rebound, I'm a knock Miller out around the 8th round, he can't round with the champ, I lick him down, I lick him like, down a like a stump, I'm gonna knock his oh, hey, yo, time out, hey, yo, <laughs> trash next, all right, trash next, speaking of trash next, Rafe are, Rafe, are you ready, statutory Rafe, are you ready to care about this weekend? I am so ready. All right, it starts Thursday, Indio, California, your old backyard. It's a DAZN ringtv.com exclusive. Probably Dougie Fisher, our good man on the call, Jonathan Coachman as well. In the main event, Ricardo Sandoval on a 10-round junior bantamweight fight against possible Filipino Raymond Tabugan. That's definitely a Pinoy name. Um, I Look, I care. If I'm, if I'm around on Thursday and I turn it on, I'm going to watch it. Do you own any clothing with like Filipino flags on it? Anything that say like oh. Pinoy Pride or something? Wait one second here, Brian. Check this out. Look at this. What does, what does this look like? Oh, hey, Detroit Pistons in Pinoy colors. Well, on Sunday, it, of course, uh, this is how NBA teams show their appreciation for their Filipino fans. They uh, celebrate them on days when they expect no one else to be in the arena. Yes. In this case, Super Bowl Sunday was Detroit Pistons <laughs> Filipino American <laughs> Appreciation Night. Is uh, there any connection? They to... gave me this great T-shirt. I love it. Well, Detroit that... Pistons in the middle of the the three stars and a sun. Well, it is is Rodney Stuckey part Filipino? Like, is there any connection? Is there a large uh, a large community of Filipinos in in Detroit? What's going on here? Well, there's a de- there there there's a sizable community here in the Detroit metro area as well across the border on the other side of the river in Windsor, Canada. People come down from Toronto even. There's a large enough large enough to support it. Yes. I mean, there are several well-known uh, legends of Philippine basketball are from Michigan. Uh, Eric Menk, Rudy Hatfield, Jasper Ocampo. I mean, there's some there's some heavy hitters out there. Jasper Ocampo didn't Spence KO one him at the uh, Star at Frisco, Texas. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Rafe, do you care about Friday? No TV in Panama City, Panama. It's a title fight, brother. Luis Concepcion will face Roger Badera. Twelve rounds for a vacant WBA interim 
flyweight title. He's fighting for the uh, interim this Friday, right? Who gives a shit about the interim? <laughs> I mean, uh, hell yes, Brian, because I love Luis El Nica. Concepcion. He ever since his war with Hernan Marquez was it 2011, yes. 2012. I'm all in on that guy. Well, the co-main event is also a vacant WBA interim junior flyweight title when Daniel Metellion faces Eric Lopez Garcia. I hate the WBA, man. This these this ain't even the regular bootleg WBA belt. This is like the the double bootleg. I mean. Oh, God. Uh, title fight on the undercard, Laura Ledesma versus Myerlin Rivas for the vacant women's junior featherweight WBA title. Okay. Rafe, yeah. Saturday, are you ready for this? Sheffield, England, brother. Okay, I don't know if you know what goes down on the regular in Sheffield or who comes from a place like that. Rafe, do you know? Do you know? A lot. There's a guy here from Sheffield. That can actually serve you your ass. Well, there's a knock you spark out, and you don't like the, You don't like it. Uh, flood. Hope you see my last fight in front of uh, eighty thousand. Uh, there's a be a man in Saturday on Sheffield who might who might get in that ass. It's Kel Brook Rafe when he faces Bazooka Mark DeLuca in a twelve round junior middleweight bout. Brook in the headlines. He's no longer chasing Khan. He wants a welterweight title rematch with Errol Spence Jr. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, but I look. I like Kel Brook. Um, I hope that whatever you know that that this ends up being a good fight. He's he's looked in very good shape recently, although at his age and with some of the the wear and tear, it's kind of hard to imagine that he's going to look like vintage Kel Brook feeding Deluca those little chocolate brownies. But you know what? You know what Kel Brook needs to do: win this fight, get through this, then go get that money down under. Yes. In the land of Bendigo, go fight Jeff Horn after Jeff Horn gets done with Tim Zhu. And that's where the money's at. If you're Kel Brook, you don't want to be knocked out and put to sleep by Joe Horn. Uh, co-main event, Rafe, Kid Galahad against Claudio Marrero, IBF featherweight title eliminator. Yeah, I mean, I care. It's a meaningful fight. I'm not, like, pumped for it. Oh, boy. Why is this not on TV? Is this? Oh, it's on DAZN, Rafe. I'm sorry. Yeah, DAZN it's, got you, baby. Get in DAZN. Eva Wallstrom will defend her WBC Women's Junior Lightweight title against Terry Harper. Not Terry Hatcher of uh, of Superman. Of, uh, They're Al real and spectacular. Lois and Clark, the adventures of Superman. Dave Allen, the White Rhino versus TBA, six rounds heavyweight. So you got, Rafe. I'm taking Allen in that one. All right. No Boy Jones Jr. on this undercard. But Damn. Saturday, it does go down in Allentown, PA, Rafe. Let's see if Billy Joel shows up. On Showtime, no less, Gary Russell Jr. makes his uh, annual trip to the ring to defend in a mandatory bout. Only this one, Rafe, seriously straight up has the potential to be a very interesting fight when he defends his WBC featherweight title against Tugstot Niambiar, a.k.a. King Tug. I'm sure that was a nickname that both of us uh, enjoyed privately during our high school times. Acne on the face, Cinemax late night, right? You know the you know the routine, Pumps Rafe. it more than once. Yeah, many times. Many times. Many times. Rafe, uh, here's the deal. To King Tug is like 10-0, the former Mongolian silver Olympic medalist. Uh, he brings the fight, but he's also got a legitimate amateur background. If this has the potential to be a... a uh, trap fight if you will if gary russell jr should fall to the same level of trap that he did against jojo diaz remember he had that fight in hand 
And then he started to F around, tried to knock him out. He almost got hurt and got into trouble. This would be the wrong guy to do that against, Rafe. Obviously, Gary Russell Jr., way more skilled than King Tug, faster. Certainly, you can imagine him painting a 12-round masterpiece here. Uh, Rafe, what are we going to get? Feast or famine here from Gary Russell? Because this ain't, this, ain't, this ain't Birdo, bro. Look, look, man. Um, this I think this is a good fight. I think that King Tug, Nyambiar is a credible opponent, has a good amateur background, has looked pretty good in the ring so far. It's a pretty short pro career. Um, I'm interested in this fight, but I think people need to slow down on the disrespect of Gary Russell. I know that people are annoyed, fans are annoyed at how infrequently he fights, at how many of his, you know, a lot of the times he'll just do a one mandatory defense in a year against some, some guy who ain't that special. And... You can say that he is underachieved. You can say that he should be, you know, he he has the talent of a pound-for-pound pound level fighter and has not done anything to, to really achieve that level uh, in the sport yet. You can say all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that he is not still extremely good. And I just, I it got so bad that I saw people predicting Jojo Diaz would lose to Tevin Farmer because... Jojo Diaz had lost to Gary Russell Jr. Those two, Russell and Farmer, are not very much alike. Gary, like, the, just because, I, look, I, I, the people saying that, you guys may need to go have some kind of, like, racial workshop. Because yeah. it's shit, that, that, like, go to Tevin that, Farmer's that, that's eye really doctor. The, that's where the similarities begin and end. Um, Gary Russell had the offense to stop Jojo Diaz in his tracks and make him think, wait, I can't just walk into this. And that is exactly what he, how he was able to just plow, go right through uh, Tevin Farmer last week. In any case, Gary Russell's really good. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that King Tug is on that level. I think he's a good opponent, but I, I, I think Gary Russell is going to beat him and not, and, and, and it might be competitive, but he's going to win because he's, he's just better. He's more talented. But if he gives King Tug a chance to, to pump it a few times, I mean, look, it could be it could be very interesting. They're just jacking it from everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could yeah. be very interesting. Rafe, um, I'm hoping... become a tug and war of kindness. Eggs, indeed. I hope because this is a February fight. In the last three years, Gary Russell only fought in May, right? He hasn't fought twice in a year since 2014, the year he lost to, to uh, Lomachenko, but then came back and knocked out Johnny Gonzalez to win a title. Uh, I, I'd like to see him fight two, three times this year. I'd like to see him chase Gervonta and everybody else and be willing to move up to 30. For well, that's what fight. he's saying. Yeah. You know, if you want to look up uh, in theathletic.com, my guy Never Lance Pugmire has written a story with Gary Russell where that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying he's going to go up to lightweight after this. Wow. And try to fight Davis, and, you know, Gervonta Davis and Lomachenko avenge his only loss. Um, he's got I don't the know speed. if I need all that, but man, just, just, have a few fights. Like there's good fighters at 126 and 130. Do do what makes the most sense. Well, his hands um, are brittle. That's the problem. That's why he doesn't fight a lot, right? Right. He has those injuries, whatever. Um, but he's so lightning quick. Could you imagine him at lightweight, Rafe? He can't hit I, in your speed, son. I guess, yeah. But he also is just. I feel like he'd be. I, I don't like the idea of someone who's been comfortably making 126 for years, all of a sudden jumping to 135 and thinking that. Things are going to be sweet up there. Um, that's, but if, if that's what he chooses to do, I'll, I'd prefer, you know, two more fights at lightweight than zero fights at featherweight. So whatever. If, as long he, as he's going to be active, that's good with me. 
Yeah, well, indeed. You remember when he was on this show a couple of years ago, and I was like, well, everyone thought you had the fastest hands in boxing. What happened against Loma? Does that mean he has faster hands and he got all flipped out on me? Remember, he was like, I, I shut down the interview. Well, he said in that that I will rematch Lomachenko again. I will. He's been get him calling back. him out since forever, and I do believe that he means it, you know, and I like that about it. I don't know if that fight is actually in the works or, or it doesn't seem to actually have been, but. If he gets that chance, I do think that he will he will go for it again. I, Love it. Who knows? Love it. Uh, this co-main event I care about a lot. I hadn't realized until just yesterday that this is Guillermo Rigondeaux moving down to 118. Now, look, he did his best business at 122. He's been one of the best. He's been arguably the best junior featherweight fighter for a decade. Dan uh, Rayfield still has him ranked number one. Exactly. That poster above my in my office is that featherweight unification. I'm sorry, that junior featherweight unification against Donair. But every time it was talked about that Rigo would move up, remember when he used to have that Irishman, Gary, uh, what's his name as his manager? Remember that guy? Yeah, I do remember. He'd that always guy, be like, God, he can make 118 tomorrow. Well, Rafe, at like age 38, he's going to try to make 118 tomorrow. No, actually, Saturday or Friday at the weigh in, and he's going to fight Liborio Solis, who's 37 years old, by the way, for the vacant WBA regular Bantamweight title. Rafe, uh, I'm in for this kind of theater. Give me that. This is old Rigo. He got a, he got a brawl to be effective. His punching power at 118 could be sick as long as there's no weight issues. Absolutely, yeah. That that is the that is the uh, that's the gamble, right? That's what he's thinking. He's like he was a big puncher at 122, had the power to really hurt people, anybody with that left. And um, if he goes down, kind of like Nonito did, who also always said, "Yeah, I can go down to bantamweight anytime," and proved it and fought so well last year at, at, in the bantamweight World Boxing Super Series tournament. Um, you know, Rigo's doing the same thing and, and making a similar bet that he'll have that power. And I, I kind of I do believe in him and I'm excited because I Solis, yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of him. We don't know exactly, um, you know, what if, if he's if he's going to come in here and, and beat Rigo, if he's going to give him a good test or if he's just going to get walked over. But if Rigo wins this fight. Oh, man. Bantamweight gets fun as Dude, heck, he's gonna man. Fight Nonito, Nonito again. is still, you get yes. the Nonito rematch for whoever for this BS you, you, title. Yes, yes. Inoue is still there. Oh Can, my God. How look how cool you know that Inoue, even if it would not be getting the best version of Rigo, yes. would want that on his legacy. Do it in and Japan. I would it. be there for that for yes. sure. Give me that. Uh, so Lise. When he did step up a few years back, he lost to Jamie McDonald. He beat a guy who was 2-23 and two fights ago. So I think he might be a little bit of a lamb here. But we're also going to see Jason Velez come back against Jamie Arbolita in the opener. Uh, both Gary Russell brothers and Antoine and Antonio will be in attendance fighting as well. Rafe, Saturday, Daytona Beach, Florida. It's going to be a on the Pain Boxing Facebook and YouTube channels. Evan Holyfield is back. What is he? Two and zero, one and zero, something like that. Yeah, Four round junior middleweight against Travis Nero. I know you don't care about that. Also Saturday in Panama, a title bout: Wilfredo Mendez against Gabriel Mendoza for Mendez's WBO strawweight title. You don't care about that, right? Not really. No. Saturday, Geppingen, Germany. It's Firat Arslan. He's back, Rafe. He'll be cruising together with Kevin Lorena. You care? Yeah, I mean, Lorena's an interesting. Rising contender at the weight, you know he's been winning. He's still undefeated, right? South African, handsome guy, weird, weird tattoos. I want to look. I'm, I want more cruiserweight action. I'm in on this one. I'm okay, okay. I'm down with that. There's also a title bout in Kiev, Ukraine. Rafe, this is a busy weekend. Artem. 
Delakian will defend his WBA flyweight belt against Jasper Perez, against Jobber Perez. You care? Yeah, why not? I'll take a look. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, there's a title. There's a women's title bout in Gary, Indiana, but you don't care about Mary McGee off TV against Dina Hobbs. What? Charles Conwell back, though, right? Here is something you can't understand, Rafe. Charles Conwell is fresh off, uh, obviously, that, that, that tragedy with Patrick Day. He'll be fighting Bruno Romay, eight rounds, junior middleweight. Hey, I didn't finish the joke, okay? So you and... Dwight, can, thank you. Can thank back you. off. Thank you. At least somebody at least got the score right. Had taste. Uh, Rafe, you probably have to go to the bathroom. We've been potting for too long. Thank you for your kindness, for your service, Rafe. Do you have anything to say? We out. Oh wow! Oh, just like that. We out. Okay. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.